This episode of the Busted Wide Open podcast is brought to you by Blueberry. Blueberry offers the best media hosting, accurate listening stats, and their all-new PowerPress Deluxe sites, a no-setup WordPress website for your podcast with all the necessary links to share your show with the world built right in. If you currently produce a podcast and are looking for a better media host or looking to start a new one from scratch, head over to orbitaljigsaw.com forward slash BWO and sign up for the best media hosting and a PowerPress Deluxe site to get your first month absolutely free. That's orbitaljigsaw.com forward slash BWO, or just use the promo code BWO at checkout for your first month free. And with that said, enjoy the show. Hey guys, this is Angel Garza, superstar from WWE, and you are listening to the Busted Wide Open Podcast, to the most fresh news of the wrestling. So keep listening, and just remember one thing, El Latino está en la casa, baby. You're listening to the Busted Wide Open Podcast. Dropping the elbow on the hottest topics in sports entertainment and the world of professional wrestling. With your hosts, Nick Howell and Sir Ian Dangerous. Coming to you from the Orbital Jigsaw Network Arena in sunny Southern California. Welcome back to the Busted Wide Open Podcast, but if this is your first time joining the show, I'd like to welcome you to episode number 223. My name is Nick Howell. And working stiffer than Vader, which is why they film me from the desk up, I am Sir Ian Dangerous, <laughs> and welcome to the show. We are back, and we are here to talk about Monday Night Raw today. Yay! And, uh, yeah, yay! Uh, we're on the road to Money in the Bank, though, Nick. We're, we're what, a week and a half away? It's my favorite pay-per-view ever. You say that about every single no, no, but I mean it this time for Money in the Bank. Oh, Money on oh, the okay. Roof. Whatever, whichever one it is. I'm not going to lie. I'm excited for this being a bizarre experiment. I, what we found, especially recently, is some of these bizarre experiments that WWE does turn out pretty good. Yeah. We did like a whole bonus they, episode on one of them. <laughs> yeah. That was... <laughs> Yeah, right. You know, let's yeah. back WWE into a corner where their hand is forced and they're forced to innovate and be creative and god damn it they don't pull it off just yeah. about every time. So yeah, yeah I'm, I'm with you. Left left to their own devices, they do whatever they want. They're not backed into a corner. We get Lana Rusev and Lashley. Right. But uh put them into a corner and tell them like you need to do something special. And all of a sudden we've got money in the bank happening in the corporate headquarters in Stanford, Connecticut. What? You have to fight your way to the roof? Both, that, both matches that happen at the same time. What? All right. You have my attention. Yes. But can you get us there? That is the question. And that's why we are here today because Raw uh, set up a lot more things for that pay-per-view. But we can't talk about that yet, Nick, because we do have to do a little housekeeping first, and then we can get into the show. Yes, as always, guys, come over and join us on Facebook. Just search for Busted Wide Open. Like our page and send us a join request to get into the group with all of the phenomenal ones. Uh, you can find all kinds of fun memes, news stories, fun discussions, all kinds of good stuff over there on Facebook. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at BWO Podcast. We stream live right here on YouTube every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific, and every Saturday at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. YouTube.com slash Busted Wide Open. Make sure you're subscribed and jingle that little bell so you get notified anytime we do go get go live so you don't miss an episode. Uh, you can also uh, come over to Patreon at patreon.com slash BWO if you're interested in signing up 
for some exclusives, some nice rewards, such as getting a copy of the show notes for every episode, the ability to ask listener questions for our AMA patron mailbag show that we also do on Saturdays, again, right here on YouTube. Uh, bonus episodes at the $10 tier, sweet swag, all kinds of good stuff, and they're getting ready to get a nice big overhaul here in the coming weeks that uh-huh. Surrey and Dangerous doesn't even know about yet. Wait, what? <laughs> so we're getting, re- we're getting ready to make some really cool changes over there, introduce some new stuff. Uh, now that we've hit some goals, like I said, guys, hitting that 1,000 subs was kind of the, kind of the turnkey of unlocking a lot of potential of other things so stay with us over the next month or so while we work some of those kinks out but ian we've we're a month out from our three year anniversary and what oh dude we're going to be going into the fourth year of doing this show at the end of may it is absolutely insane to me that we have more energy now than when we even started like how is that even possible I'm not surprised. I know why. It's because I'm of not. all of the phenomenal ones and all of our amazing yeah. fans and listeners. Thank you guys so much. The best way to support the show is patreon.com slash BWO. Thank you all for this fun journey we've been on for three years, and we're looking forward to the next three. Thank you guys all so much for all of your support throughout this ride. Uh, but, Ian, we got to go talk about some graps. Good, bad, and right, I, wrong. I want to I wanna- – I want to do it, but I also want to give people a little bit of a preview here. What's that? Uh, if you well, if you pay attention to the oh. show and keep your eyes open, because if you're watching the YouTube channel right now, those of y'all watching live, you get a little preview here. But uh, you can kind of see there, we got a new shirt coming right there that we've got the uh, we've got the uh, I got the graphics done for. It. All we have to do is just get it up and get it running. It's it's a pretty sweet, sexy shirt. We got more coming after that. We got lots of stuff happening yes. here in the old. Busted Wide Open podcast. Yes. But as you said, Nick, it's not just what's happening here. It's what's happening in the world of the grabs. And to talk about that, we need to head over and discuss Monday Night Raw. Well, as we normally do, we're going to start at the end and work our way backwards with the big thing that happened on Monday Night Raw, which is... Holy cow, is Drew McIntyre the maybe the best babyface ever. <laughs> I am I I no, am You're not biased, are you, Nick? Not one bit, but I am so in. Like I thought I was in. You guys might have thought I was stretching back in like December when I was just like, "Nope. Drew McIntyre's winning the Royal Rumble. That's it. He's going to be the next champion. That's it." <sighs> is he good or is he good? We were calling him the blue chipper for uh, about, what a year and a half. Like when we would get asked on the show, "Who do you make the man?" We said Drew, and and he was the chosen one. It did seem logical, but they just put, they pulled the trigger, and here we are. He's the champ, and Seth Rollins has pissed him off to the point where Drew's now saying, "Cool, yeah, let's have a match at Money in the Bank," and we had a contract signing on the show this week. Jerry the King Lawler in the ring to announce the whole thing. Uh, his setup for it was about as exciting as a wet sock. But that being said, once we got into it, we had Drew and Seth both sitting at the table. Drew gets in the ring. Seth's already there in his Reservoir Dogs outfit with the black glove um, and his perfectly quaffed beard. That's given, given him that like extra edge. He's got like the, he's got the edgy look going on right now. I love it. Yes. Uh, Dick Heel in a suit. I'm loving, his, I'm loving Seth's look right now. So, like psycho cult leader dick heel in a suit like he's out cult leadering brody lee right now and that that's crazy to say but it's true brody just happens to have his his posse and they're behind him they need to get seth one and that was part of the thrust of this segment but 
the point was Drew got in the ring, told Jerry Lawler, well, you know how these things can tend to go, so you might want to get out of the ring before everything starts flying around. And Jerry Lawler goes, I think that's a good idea. Yeah. Whoop. Woo. Takes off. Oh, oh, oh puppies. <laughs> and uh, so Seth and Drew sit down and have a very quiet, intense conversation where Seth cuts another fantastic promo. Um, I've got to give Seth props. Props where props are due. He's got one of the most interesting heel characters that's going right now. Like, it's it's if you combined, like, Jay White with Brody Lee and threw in an extra dash of Bray Wyatt. Like, like, like old hat and rocking chair Bray Wyatt. Like, he's got this quiet menace to him. He's obviously off his rocker. Uh you know, cult leader kind of thing going on. Not even a cult leader, but like a leader of his own little band. He thinks he should be the leader of Monday Night Raw and of the WWE. Can't understand why he's not champ. And he's here, and he's what he says in this promo is, Drew, I'm here because I need that championship to show that I am that leader that I know that I am. And it's cool that you have it. And I'm sorry I have to take it from you. One day you will understand when you come around and let me lead you but right now, I got to take that from you, and I'm and I'm sorry, but I've got to do it. And Drew just sat, sat sitting there the entire time with a smirk on his face, and just says, literally out loud, says, "You know what, Seth? I've just realized, just like everyone else realized, you're full of shit." Hello. Luckily, we were I in do. the third hour on USA. <laughs> right. That's that stuff's kind of okay, but yeah. Uh, wow. Yeah. It's, it's like the women saying "bitch" at, at this point. It's their it's their line. They tout out every once in a while. They'll bring out a shit. Just to make people go, ooh, they're being naughty. Naughty words. If AEW is the blood and guts company, then WWE right now is like the, the middle school playground right. company where like every once in a while someone says a shit and you look around and see the teacher caught you. It's eighth grade <laughs> and they just it. discovered two live crew in yeah. 1988, right? <laughs> uh, speaking from experience, Nick. <laughs> yes, literally. <laughs> right. oh, Dubbed cassette tapes, yeah. what? So, okay, so this was a by-the-numbers contract signing segment, right? Sign the contracts, talk, establish why they're mad at each other and why they're going to have a match, what their beef is. And then at the end, we get some physicality. And sure enough, at a certain point, Seth stands up, Drew knocks his head into the table, goes to Claymore him, Buddy comes out to, sorry, Murphy, other name, comes out to save him. Uh, he gets in the way. Stops, uh, beats up Drew, goes over. Seth gives him a big hug to thank him for being his last remaining <laughs> disciple. And uh, as he's hugging him, uh, Murphy sees Drew coming, throws Seth out of the way, takes the uh, Claymore for his buddy Seth. Drew then poses in the ring and teases Seth as Seth sneaks back up the ramp. Is kind of, you know, shrivels his way back up the ramp. I need to give a shout out to the absolute perfect placement of that cameraman to be right in view of that Claymore coming right at us on the screen as it literally took Buddy Murphy, not Buddy Murphy's head off. That was there a was shot. There was a couple of really good oh. shots in oh. the show. I'll give credit where credit's due there, too. Like, there was a couple of times where they had, like, you know, in other parts of the show, they had Andrade in the foreground, Zelina mugging, like, way off in the background, half blurred. Like, they had some, some, ver some pretty good shot compositions. You know, it helps when, when they're slowing everything down a little bit but right. you know props props to those guys for getting in the right place um i always talk about how new japan frames stuff so beautifully and a lot of times wwe steals their framings uh but this one was all them they they definitely had they caught a lot of the good action here 
Uh, so again, very by the numbers contract signing. Are you any more excited about Drew McIntyre and Seth Rollins facing each other and money in the bank after this segment? Any, so did, did anything did anything percolate for you after this? Any more than I was two weeks ago when he first curb stomped him? Yeah, I'm 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 coming around on it. I don't understand it. I think it's too fast. I think Seth needs this more than Drew. I think you had a handful of options to send Drew up against next, which I have some – we'll talk about some later oh, in the oh. show. Let's be clear. There's a lot of stuff on this show that we're going to make note of as we go through and then wrap up the whole show because there was a lot of – when I said, is there anything percolating for you, uh, there was a reason I used that terminology because there was a lot percolating by the end of this Raw for me where they're setting up stuff – and I'm going, why are you doing that? Why are you doing that? Uh, uh, uh. Uh-huh. What, are, what are we doing here there, Ra? Are we going places with these things? Uh, this felt like a very transitional Raw. I didn't feel like a whole ton happened, but I felt like they set up a whole lot. Yeah, they did. Did that make sense, Nick? Totally, totally. So a final question here for you. Is Drew a better babyface or is Seth a better heel as it stands as of last night on Raw? I'm torn. I need to see more from he- I need to see more from Seth. He's got a win. He just lost a feud with Kevin Owens. He's coming off of that wounded. He doesn't have his posse anymore. They need to build him back up as a heel. And Drew needs to be established as a face, frankly, as a baby face. Like we're, I, I feel like he's still a work in progress too. We haven't had that big crowning moment for Drew yet. He hasn't been in front of a crowd to see everyone cheering him. He comes out and feels like a champion, but he kind of always did ever since he came back. I don't know. Yeah, he I mean, did. I mean, he, that his man presentation, took his shirt the way off he... and, and made me uncomfortable. So I listen. <laughs> if, if there is not a more, <laughs> that made me question things, right? <laughs> if that's <laughs> if there is not a more chiseled oh. archetype that you want on your yeah. banner of your company, sure. you know, masthead, right? Than, than a damn Scottish chiseled god. With his I, long hair. I mean, just good lord. What's the old phrase? Women want him. Men want to be him. That's yes. true. You know. He's got the accent, the attitude, the physique, everything. He is he is the blue chipper. So, yes. the, but the question is longevity. Yes, you can strap somebody; they can have everything that you want. Because frankly, when Seth was a face champion after beating Brock a, a year ago, I could have said the same thing about him. Six two, CrossFit Jesus can talk for an hour and never you know lose breath can work a match for an hour and never lose breath. The people love him. Like, I would have said that about Seth last year. But look what happened. We've we've said for years now, Drew is his final form. Sure. Even when he was NXT champion and fighting Andrade, right? It was like, he's like the next iteration, the next evolution of Seth Rollins. Yeah. But here's my my thing, that the last little thing I wanted to say about this. I think it's too soon for Seth because of exactly what you just said. We need to establish Drew a little bit more. He needs to have a few more feuds before you even entertain the idea of him having this big feud match, whatever, with Seth Rollins on a B pay-per-view. And to me, it's it it writes itself because there's no way you're going to take it right off of Drew after the Mania win a, a month later, six weeks later. It just none of it makes sense. So I would love for if there have been other two, one or two more feuds in between. Maybe get to Seth at SummerSlam. You know, I, I just I feel like this is way too soon to bring Seth in because it is going to be a good program, but it's also going to be over in about ten days. And then I'm going to look around and be like, well, shit. We could have made a lot more out of that. Now what do we do, right? Well, that's 
again, speculations. Let's talk about the rest of the show because I do have some speculations about where they're going with Seth, where they're going with Drew. But to do that, we got to talk about Money in the Bank. Yes. And they did talk about Money in the Bank. We started off the whole show with MVP, who now is actually – I'm amazed, actually, at how much MVP is doing in WWE right now. He's commentating over on Main Event. He's coming out every week on Raw and doing a segment. He's As we found out later, he's managing a tag team. Like, MVP's got fingers in a lot of pies. Ooh. <laughs> Pardon the par- – excuse me. Uh, phrasing. MVP is a VIP lounge segment at the beginning. He brings out Apollo Crews, Aleister Black, Rey Mysterio, the yep. three guys from Raw who are in Money in the Bank. And basically doesn't let them talk, really. He just says, I know why you're doing this. Ray, you're doing this to cement your legacy. Alistair, you're doing this because you want to be a rising star. And Apollo, well, you're doing this because I know you're going to win because you beat me. So you must be winning, Apollo. <laughs> foreshadowing, Nick. We had foreshadowing right. on Raw. They wrote in foreshadowing. Good boys and girls. Uh, this all ended with Los Ingobernables de WWE, as I'm calling them. Uh, Andrade and Austin Theory, and Angel Garza mm. all come out with Zelina at the end of this segment to say, you guys suck, we rock, we're going to get in the ring and bully you, which ends in them, them all getting tossed out of the ring, and we have a six-man tag match between the two factions going on after this, which was a long, excellent match, as you would expect from the quality of talent in the ring there. Sure. Everyone got their shit in. It was fantastic. But the story... The story was that at the end, Apollo Crews pins Andrade. He pins the U.S. champ and gets to stand tall, his music playing on the turnbuckle at the end of the match while the other two guys are standing in the ring kind of looking at him. Interesting. I loved that, by the way. I loved loved this. I didn't love how it ended in the end of the night, but we'll get there. I had a lot of thoughts on this. So, yes. Apollo stands tall at the end of this match. I was shocked. I'm like, damn, they putting Apollo over, making him look good before Money in the Bank. This Are they giving him the super push? Is this coming? He was backstage after that. Andrade and Zelina saying, oh, everyone, the other two guys let us down. Uh, Andrade could beat any of them one-on-one. And Apollo comes up and says, yeah, cool. Then I challenge you later in the night for a U.S. title match. Bring it on. I can I can take you twice in one night. And slaps the slaps Andrade so hard. He learned English. My, my soul left my body from that slap. Oh. Oh. Oh, my goodness. He, sl- he slapped the ear off the other side of his head. <laughs> it was such a slap. I, Zelina screamed, and it was totally genuine. Yeah. <laughs> I did, too. Oh, God. I scratched oh, it. Ah! Oh. Uh, but the match was set. Later on the night, we had Andrade versus Apollo Cruz for the U.S. Championship. Yeah. Another long match, another extremely well-worked match, but the story there was that at a certain point, Apollo tweaked his knee doing a moonsault, never really recovered. Andrade started targeting it, and at a certain point, Apollo was unable to continue because of an injured knee. They catch him backstage later, try to interview him, and he's on crutches with an ice in his knee, and he's literally crying and has nothing to say. And as a result, WWE has now taken him out of the money in the bank Ladder match. Huh. That's a lot of Apollo to just pull him out of a match. It made me think there's more here. There's more of a story. Because he's been a a workhorse for them through all this. He's one of the dudes that stepped up and has really, like, gone out there and put in the work. Yeah. So 
We're getting Dana Brooke finally getting some sort of push on SmackDown. We're getting Apollo getting some sort of push over on Raw. Do you feel like this Apollo push is going somewhere else, even though he's out of the Money in the Bank match? Is this the last we see of Apollo, or is there more happening here? I, I loved Apollo pinning Andrade clean in the six-man tag. I loved Andrade backstage smacking the taste out of Andrade's mouth. Oh. Uh, and I loved him in the match. It was short, and it was kind of sweet, but the whole knee tweak thing and the ref calling an- yet another match called by a referee like that. You know, if we, we could harken back to the Sarah Logan and, and Shayna Baszler thing from a couple weeks ago. But the, the, the crutching Apollo Crews balling... Yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, nope, nope. That that is not okay. Uh, that what? is not what I want to see somebody back there doing. What? Everybody. He went. He showed get every, hurt every week. But he showed every aspect. He showed that he was he was coming up all like excited. He was. Oh, yeah, that's right. I beat. I just beat Andrade, and then Andrade got in his face, and he showed how tough he was, and slapped the taste out of his mouth, and they showed his sensitive side later. He showed a sensitive side, and he was like, this, this hurts me deep inside. Like, they showed a full character on Apollo tonight. I felt like they showed a lot with him. And, I, and, and obviously, they could do that and not go anywhere with it. It's WWE, but it's not the same hectic schedule that it normally is for them. They feel yeah. like they have downshifted, and they're cruising on some of these storylines where they're setting stuff up more. They're, they're more certain about where they're going. Yeah, I feel like there's somewhere they're going with this. I'm curious where it is. But they're also leaving open a spot in Money in the Bank now. And the rest of this show, Nick, is going to be us talking about stuff and at the end of talking about that segment going, could he be in Money in the Bank? Like, who is stepping into Apollo's slot? If he wanted wanted to hobble off and he wanted to say, I'm not done with him yet, I'll be back in in a very... But this whole crutching thing and bawling as we go out of Raw, I'm just like... He wasn't bawling. He was... Man, the man tears, had dude. tears flowing down his face. Yes, I've seen people stretchered out unconscious. Oh my! That reacted God. better You're than <laughs> Apollo Cruz did when he tweaked his knee. I, I, How this, dare he show sensitivity? Done, listen, well, they've done so much work on Apollo the last few weeks, and like you said, he's been a, one of the mainstays in Troopers. Uh, either you know, being a good worker against other folks. Or actually getting this surprise shine against the United States champion was we were all kind of like, oh wow, shades of Kofi from last year. I'm like, wow, are we finally getting someone who hasn't had an opportunity previously to now get an opportunity? And then they have him next crutching out crying to Raw. Next time I see Mark Henry, I'm gonna tell him that you don't like it when men cry. Let's see what Mark Henry has to say to you about that. You gonna tell Mark Henry not to cry? No, I just think this is just not a good look for someone who was really on a on a on a ramp. I think I think it could still be a good look for him. Yeah. It depends on how they play it afterwards. Um, before we get to the next part, I do have to say uh, a quick shout out, Kyle, over in the chat, four ninety nine. Thank you very much, sir. Uh, he says, calling it now. Andrade gets slotted into Money in the Bank and drops the title to Apollo after Andrade wins Money in the Bank. Nope. So, interesting take. Wins it, and then Apollo comes back, gets a revenge win, gets the title. I, I could see that. The other thing I could see, Apollo comes back, he's broken from this, he's got nowhere to go, and what do you do when you're broken and have nowhere to go, and at the, at the end of your rope, the bottom of the barrel, what do you do? 
you turn to Jesus. Oh. You turn to the Monday Night Messiah, and you build his ranks back up again because one of the things they need is to build Seth's ranks back up. You know, I, I'm not terribly mad at that. I'm just saying. He's already... Apollo's been playing a heel for the last few weeks. He had a moment of being a face this week. But they had him on that kind of heel bent for a while. I w I'm just saying, you add him to Seth's roster, I'm not mad at that. And I'll give you one more thing. There is someone else who was on the show this week I think might also be going to Seth. Okay. But before we get to that, I want to talk about a couple other things in this segment. One... <laughs> <laughs> One, when Zelina told Andrade, yeah, the other two guys let you down. Are we already seeing cracks in this alliance? Like, are they already teasing a breakup to this? Should they be doing that? They, they just put LIW together. Don't break yeah. it up already. Come no, on, what guys. What are you doing? Tranquilo. I, I, I didn't know how to take that. Yeah, <laughs> Tranquilo. Where did Tranquilo go? Bring right. back the, come on. Get Tranquilo with it. Yeah. Uh, One other thing. At the end of all this, Charlie Caruso trying to ask more questions of Zelina and Andrade. They're pissed. They tell her, you don't ask anything of Andrade. You only ask Zelina. We're mad at you. And they stomp off. But then Charlie Caruso, oh, she's kind of hurt inside and feeling a little bit weird and awkward and uncomfortable by that. Turns around and there's Angel Garza. Oh, hello, Charlie. I, I noticed that you're very professional, but I also noticed that you maybe need to take some time off. Maybe... You and I could have a little meeting, get together sometime. What do you think? Here, have a rose. Oh. <laughs> do you think... We're, okay, so are we... Are we getting a love plot here? Yes. Because they've been building it for a while. I, I don't know if they're just doing this as like a gag. No, this has been coming for a couple of months now. Where is this going, though? Like, is he going to break her heart? Because obviously that's what he does. He's Angel Garza. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I'm I'm fine with it though. Let it happen. It's the Otis and Mandy story of, you know. It's not the Otis and well, Mandy. Well, no, it's Mandy, not. It's completely different than Otis and Mandy. Mandy never we, watched Otis rip off his pants. <laughs> went Jesus Christ, that's the biggest package in WWE. Right. I'm going to be like I'm like gonna get like a schoolgirl. Yeah. Every time that you're around, moisten my britches every time that I see you flip your hair. <laughs> uh, that's not what happened with Mandy and Otis. This is a very different animal right here. This is them. This is them underlining that. Angel Garza is a Lothario. Yes. And I'm not mad at it. No, like, I, I'm digging I'm, it. I, I want to know where they're going with it. They, they obviously noticed the looks that Charlie... I don't... I wonder if she was directed to start throwing those looks at, 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 at Angel Garza or if she just did it because she's she knows that's his, you know sell his character and they just kind of went with it. Yeah. Or if this has been the plan all along. But either way, yeah, give me that subplot. That's that could be fun. Yeah, but it's going to be it's going to be good for Garza. But maybe don't have your fiance come in as a on a day rate as a camera operator next time, you know. <laughs> when she was there a couple weeks ago. Well, <laughs> well, maybe don't have him propose to her in the ring in NXT. Right. You know? <laughs> oh, but nobody watches NXT, Ian. <laughs> Obviously. Obviously cuz they're still going with this angle. Oh, my God. It's fine. Let it happen. It's a good time. It's good, wholesome, fun entertainment. Just, we love this kind of stuff in our wrestling. I'm not going to speak for everybody. Most people that watch Raw and SmackDown, main roster, WWE, love this kind of stuff in their wrestling. Guilty as charged myself. So we had a very good example three months ago of how not to freaking do it with Lana and Lashley. And yeah. this is a very good example. We've gotten a very good example with Otis and Mandy, and this is also a very good example of organically building something like this. So, fine. 
let it happen, steer into the Lothario heat coming off of, literally coming off of Angel Garza. (laughs) (laughs) In waves. Yes. Pheromone Uh, waves. (laughs) Kyle again in the chat with 199. Thank you so much, Mr. Kyle. He says, what are the two most compelling stories, romance angles? What what are the two most compelling romance angles? Uh, I'm off the top of my head, Macho Man and Elizabeth. Yes. And uh, Triple H and Stephanie. Yes. Done. Boom. Uh, so we also had some uh, some women's matches on this show, shockingly enough. Although there wasn't really a match here, Nick. We had Asuka, Nia Jax, and Shayna Baszler. Oh, we're doing this They're already? All... Jesus Christ. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We we got through two other major segments. We, and we've got to do this. It's Somehow my it Nia filter just completely made me look over you that, knew it's that coming. bullet turn, point on the Turn note. around, blow her a kiss, blow her no, shrine a kiss. I, Nick, I will not blow right anything now. in the direction Asuka, of Nia Jax. Hello. Asuka, Nia, and Shayna come out to the ring. They're supposed to have a match, but it doesn't even happen. They just start beating each other up before the match even happens outside the ring. They're all tossing each other around. Shayna goes to get a ladder to try to smash Asuka's arm. She counters. Nia's tossing everyone everywhere. They get into the ring. And Nia beats up both women, tosses them out of the ring, and threatens to throw a ladder onto them, but then doesn't, and just stands tall and walks away like the cock of the walk. I'm Nia Jax. And then the back... Look at me, I can throw a ladder. Roar! You're so mean. I did find it. Where you were going next, I did find a new bit to add to the uh, Nia Jax dubstep song. So Nia's in the back being interviewed about this afterwards, and Charlie says, Nia, what do you think about it? And Nia says, well, what do, you, what, what, do you think, what do you think Shayna had to say about my actions? What do you think Oscar could do about my actions? What can you do about my actions? What can anyone do about my actions? Nothing! Shrieks at her and then stalks off. Um, so Nia, this was basically a segment to make Nia look like an absolute monster. And for that, Nick, if that was their goal... You have to admit, she looked like a monster. If their goal was to make Nia look like an absolute monster, at what expense, though, they man? Did. That's my problem. Like you could have had her do that with anybody, but you're you're taking down two of the most dominant female people you have on your entire roster right now, in Shayna Baszler and Asuka, and you just chumped them. Not didn't even give them a match. Didn't even give them an opportunity. You just chumped them out to someone that. I don't know. We have man. another just, week before Money in the Bank. Uh, I didn't, they they're didn't already in it, they got, though. They, got, they, ta- they sold a little bit long outside the ring at the end for me, but again, they're, ha- they're having Nia stand tall. I didn't see this as a chumping. No one had to lose a match. You know what I mean? They were temporarily stunned. I didn't see it as they didn't bury other women here. Wow. It was fine. Nia had a moment where she got the better of the two of them. It's, it didn't register to me as making Shayna or Asuka look particularly bad. And Oscar gave a great promo. What's that? I thought it made him look terrible. Okay. Well, again, I don't think I don't think Nia's winning Money in the Bank. No. And I'm not saying that because I don't want to see her climb to the top of a ladder, at the top of a, a gigantic skyscraper. Um, I'm saying that because I, I think they wanted to make her look very strong, so they're giving her this moment. This was Nia's time to shine, Nick. This was her. This was her coming out moment and saying, "Look, I'm a monster." Yay! And you're and you're trying to take that from her. Yep. 
What I'm you not are. trying to take away is Andy Jessup with 9.99 in the super chat said, uh, "Can't wait to see a little inside baseball here for those of you that aren't $10 patrons. Can't wait to see the Sammy Guevara Angel Garza feud over Charlie Caruso once AEWWE forms." Oh no, you're not going to get that unless you've heard Nick Booking. Andy, 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 I, 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 I see what you're. I'm picking up what you're putting down there, sir, and I, I dig it. That's a that is a that is a Spanish Lothario God combo right there. That's monster kill. That's yeah. No one is safe. No, no one's relationship is safe when those two are around. Did you notice Austin Theory kind of looked like what would happen if Sammy Guevara and John Cena made sweet love and got a baby? Like he, this week, he really looked like like their love child. Yeah, was, I think previously we speculated, you know, like Finn Balor and Randy Orton somehow got together with John Cena and had a super baby, and it's Austin Theory. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Ryan just said it doesn't help anyone to have Nia look strong here. It helps Nia, and the idea is that it helps make the match interesting because if you didn't think Nia was winning before this, after this, maybe you're wondering if she does. You already know Oscar's a killer. You know Shane is a killer. They've established that. Oscar's got the career. Shane has been killing people for the last few, few weeks. Nia just came back and had a couple of matches where she squashed people, but now she's up there standing toe to toe with two of the strongest women in the division. So it does actually make her look legitimate when they have to have her looking legitimate going into this match. So she creates a credible threat. So it actually does actually help the other women in the long term if they're able to overcome that threat in the match because they've established that she is credible. That's all this was. So I didn't have a problem with them doing this. Nick does because he's biased against Nia, and yeah. nothing Nia does can ever be good enough for him. At least she didn't hurt either of them, Nick. Can we give her that? Can We need to come up with some kind of just monumental thing, that it, that achievement that we can unlock where I can take this damn thing out in the backyard and live stream <laughs> me setting it on fire. Uh, so We'll figure that out. We'll figure that out. Oh, just... I don't know how much more I can you. explain to my coworkers what the hell that giant thing is behind oh, me. Oh, that's your rash. Oh, poor baby. <laughs> that's the uh, greatest female wrestler of all time. Just say that, and they'll be like, "Oh, okay." They're not going to check. Sheriff up. McDonald said he'd drive up from Alabama to film it. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's talk about some more women's matches. Liv Morgan and Ruby Riot. Had another, had they had another match again. We thought they they had already done their blow off match for the Riot Squad. Apparently, this was another blow off match for the Riot Squad because afterwards, Ru- Liv won again. Ruby drops another match to her, and then Liv had an in ring, I want to call it a promo, talking about how, like many people her age, she doesn't really know where she's going or what she's doing. Yeah. I've had all these chapters in my life, and this is the beginning of a new chapter, and I'm still figuring out who I am and what I am. I'm just going to throw this out here. That's a terrible gimmick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> somebody didn't think Wait that went through. Wait, two months ago, Wait. you were a lesbian with Lana. Right. And now you're coming out in like a step up from S&M gear. Right. And saying you don't know what you're doing with your life. Uh, figure it out. That's not a gimmick. That's not a, that's not a gimmick that you want. Okay, so you're winning matches, but you don't know who you are or what you want to be. I thought the whole point was when she came back, she was embracing like who she was, who she really was. But now it's still getting, it's still wishy-washy. I have no idea what the hell they're doing with Liv Morgan, Nick. I have no idea. But they're pushing her. 
She's getting a push. There's a push happening here. Yeah, she's I mean, beating Ruby Riot. They're not even doing 50-50 booking. She's won two matches in two weeks against yeah. Ruby Riot. Three. So, Natalia. All, all, Natalia. Natalia. That's right. Three in a row. So, I, listen, and she, I'm, and I'm loving these matches with Ruby Riot. They're fantastic. I like her little flatliner finishing moves. Please give it a name so that she it can be remembered, right? Not just, right. oh, springboard flatliner, Tom Phillips. Yeah, well, well with her, with her, with her gimmick, call it like the vision of indecision or something like that. I don't know. What? Call it, call it the early life crisis. All right, you're, we're never doing call it the booking. millennial ennui. <laughs> I'm just saying, I don't get what they're where they're going with her. They're obviously pushing her. They have some plans for her, but if she doesn't know what she's doing, how are we supposed to like? I don't know. I there's some people are actually glomming onto this and saying they like it. They're identifying with it. Um, Chat saying they I, called it oblivion. Is that? I, I'm not mad at that. I'm not mad at that. It's got a nice ring to it. Yeah. Don't see how it fits any other part of her character, no. but cool. <laughs> it's a cool name for it. You know. Uh, line drive again in the super chat. Let's just fast forward and give Liv Emma's sunglasses gimmick <laughs> and expedite the repeated history. Yes. Right. Well said, sir. Hey, well said. As long as she doesn't come out, Livalina, Liva Marie comes out dancing and, you know, oh, no. unable to unable to work matches. Oh, man. Liv is so, doing fantastic. I'm very happy for Liv. Figure out her gimmick. Figure out her backstory. Figure out her yeah. thing because she's doing really good work, genuinely, in the ring. And I'm loving these matches with her and Ruby Riot the last couple of weeks. I genuinely have enjoyed both of these matches for these women. And I, I want to see Liv have a real opportunity and not just be somebody's stooge. I so, want to see that happen for Ruby, too, but she's same. dropping two matches in a row to Liv. Feels like she's enhancement at this point, and she's one of the best workers that they have. Yeah. So I'm I'm worried about Ruby, too. Yeah. So that's just me. Uh, I'm also worried about something else, Nick, and that is the fact that we had a major return this week. It's been rumored for a while. We saw it coming. But coming back, not only coming back after a long hiatus due to injury, but coming back as a destroying monster and squashing, not not just like beating, squashing poor Akira Tozawa. We had the return of the modern-day Maharaja, Jinder Mahal. Yes. Jinder Mahal and his amazing entrance song are both back, Nick. He looks, at, he, I've got to say, I missed the long hair, but he looks fantastic. I think it'll come back. Whether, chemically or not, he looks fantastic. He looks like a damn champ, which made me think, why are we bringing back gender now? Why I are think we I said a few weeks ago now? that he was my uh, gut shot like stretch for yeah. winning money in the bank. I don't remember. I don't remember it was last week or a week or two weeks ago or you're, something like that. You're picking up what I'm putting down yeah. here. Yeah, you're picking up what I'm putting down. Uh, either gender is going to go win money in the bank and be slotted in there, or He's the ace up Seth's sleeve. Uh, or both. Or I both. Listen, I, I don't think gender should or needs to be underneath Seth. I think he's a big enough figure. See, I, I like the idea of gender having the briefcase. Okay. He's He is a former champion, yes, regardless of what those circumstances were. Let's put that aside for a second. But he... He is legitimate in that he could stand nose to nose with Drew McIntyre. Yes, and he can. They could have some really good bouts, and it, it and now they're it both. It pains jacked. me to say that, just thinking about our <laughs> literal <laughs> third episode ever was called "Don't Hinder Gender," 
and we were just we spent six we months hindered the shit out WTFing of <laughs> over what in the hell they were doing with Jinder Mahal. And here well, I his sit. Was bizarre. Three years later, going, eh, that'd probably be okay. Yeah, give me money back. It's okay <laughs> because there's a history. There's a story there between him and Drew, and that would be an interesting story to tell. Yeah. given where they are. The reason I say align him with Seth is Jinder's not exactly a lights out promo. Seth is. Imagine if you had like a Shawn Michaels diesel relationship and Jinder was the heater, someone who can get in there and legitimately look like he can kick anybody's ass. Yeah. Like Murphy, they're, he's little and Vince sees that and goes, I oh, can't kick anyone's ass. <laughs> Jinder gets in there and he goes, Oh, yeah, this guy, he can, he can definitely whoop some butt. Yep. Get him in there. Get him next to him. Get him next to Seth. Hopefully they took right? care of the back knee. It seemed like they did. It looks like he's he's figured that out. Yeah. He's figured out how to shave so stop, he doesn't quite stop taking steroids. <laughs> well, he's, I'm not going to comment on that. Yeah. The dude's in ridiculous shape. Yeah. Um, real quick, we did have a, a tip go through Andrew oh, England, yeah. nine ninety nine. Thank you so much. He says for the incredible Nick booking we got. Thank you. Don't thank him for that. Don't thank. Incredible. It was incredible in that it was it was it lacked credulity. I was I was. I I I I did I had a hard time finding credibility in it. Hard times, that's yeah, hard so, times. Oh my god. Hard times when Ian has fit and listen to Nick Booking. <sighs> it was hard times. <laughs> it was hard. Damn. Thank you very much, Andrew. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. No, seriously, thank you. Uh okay, Jinder is back. Money yep. in the bank. Seth, where's he going? He's back. I, I think we both agree. Three MB is a story they're they're, they're they're gonna tell. Drew wants to tell it. Jinder wants something. He's not jobbing. Remember, he was jobbing for a while there. He was doing enhancement shit. So they're bringing him back strong. And they're doing that. They're doing it for a reason. I so. would love to see the the Bollywood bros come back as well. Oh, get out of here. Seriously. No, no, no stooges. Get Leave Jinder with no... Oh, again. Okay. All right. Half uh, listen, I'm, not mad, at, I'm not mad at Jinder being there by himself. But I'm yeah, saying they added the so much entertainment value and distractions and good heel work to Jinder's whole thing. If Jinder would have been there by himself, I don't know that he could have pulled off what he pulled off in 2017. Well, that because that's like that's that is an old WWE trope. The the heel who sacrifices his two little goons to always to never get hurt. How much they how much good work did we get out of Mercury and Noble for Seth's first heel right. turn? You know? That you led to Brock to the ripping the door off of a car. Briscoe and Patterson. Like that's it goes way back. So no, it's I don't want that. I want All I right. want solo gender kicking butt. Me too. That's I think that will be more credible for him. Yeah, yes. we're also getting solo Lashley kicking butt. He dips Lana backstage, so he got it himself. Went out and poor Denzel Desjardins. He's just like the enhancement du jour of the last few weeks. He went out there. He got murdered by Lashley. What are we setting Lashley up here for? We're moving him away from Lana. At some point, there's going to be a break. Okay, great. What happens after that? Where's Lashley going? Face heel money in the bank. What are we doing? I, I'm not sure I would like to see him in Money in the Bank because I'm not sure I would like to see him running around with the briefcase chasing one of it the It gives champions. him something. It does give him something. Yeah, I don't think you it does I, anything for both, the entire show is what I'm looking correct at. Correct me if I'm wrong. Correct me if I'm wrong, Nick. You see potential in Lashley the way that I do, and I 100%. feel like he's been misused since he came back. 100%. Okay. So you, uh, you agree that if they finally got him in a good program, and that could start with the Money in the Bank win, that they could do some good things with Lashley. And moving him away from Lana is a good first step of that. 
Yeah, but do that first before you start inserting them into money in the bank. Finish what you started, assholes. You know, you made us sit through that shit for three months. <laughs> Finish it. <laughs> let's move on. Let, let's listen. Tie a nice bow right. on it. Give right. Lana the finger. Let's move on to something else, and let's la- make Lashley the freaking monster that he absolutely is. He is inhuman. The size of that dude and the shape that he's in. Make make the sandwich. Eat the sandwich, and then move on. Yes. Make another sandwich. Yes. Until it's okay. time for the next sandwich. Exactly. All right. uh, yeah, Esmeralda I, 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 I'm, showing I'm up with $30 super chat. Ooh. Please keep Rick O'Shea in shorts. Thank you. <laughs> the Esme thirst is real. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> chat was thirsty <laughs> last night in, for Raw. There was a lot of it's, lot of thirst happening in Discord. There's De- a lot of Discord. thirst going around. It's, I'm not going to say it's because we're all locked in our houses, but I'm not right. not going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> it's a thirsty time out there, Nick. Right, I, I guess. Ah, <laughs> oh, ricochet. Yes, Esme. Um, yeah, I, I I would I would never ever ever recommend that someone go out and look uh, for hacked photos, and that's all I'm going to say. Uh, if you have a thing for ricochet. Moving on, uh, Ricochet and Cedric had that tag match against Everrise. So we're, we're moved on. Everrise, we've seen them a few times. Uh. They've mostly been enhancements so far. Um, we have seen Ricochet and Cedric drop one the first week to the Viking Raiders. Then they went away. Since then, Ricochet and Cedric have been winning over enhancement teams, but they've been winning. And this is one of those where the enhancement got some licks in, but ultimately. Uh, hot tagged in Cedric. We saw the new finisher from Ricochet and Cedric, which was like a, it's like a hammerlock flatliner with a drop kick. It's pretty, yeah. looks brutal. Yeah. Um, where okay, so at the end of this, they get challenged by uh, Shane Thorne and Vink, who are now being managed by MVP. Now they've beaten Vink and Thorne to beat him last week. What is going on with this level of the tag division? We got two levels of the tag division. We'll talk about the next level in a second. This is the this is the secondary tier. Are you still hopeful for Ricochet and Cedric? Why are they going against Vink and Thorne when they already beat them? What's happening here? Break uh, this down. I'm not, I'm not sold on it yet. I'm not sold on the Ricochet-Cedric tag team, but that said, I'm not terribly mad at it. You, you guys know I love both those dudes um, for different reasons, and I'm not mad at it. Could they make it into something? Sure, but what do I always preach? Give them a unique theme and give them a tag name, a team name. You know, this this is par for the course at this point. You know, it, you'd think that the lesson would be learned after the last few years, but I guess not. <laughs> Wait, WWE learn a lesson? Right, Nick, right. Come on. Look at how, how good Kabuki Warriors turned out. Excuse me, Asian Dawn turned out. Oh, stop it. At, <laughs> don't ever. After they gave them a na- team name and a banger of a new theme song. Um, and it's, it's turned them around. We've got complete heel turns out of both of them, and it's been fantastic. Uh, let's do something similar for for Ricochet and, and Cedric Alexander, and for that matter, Vink and Thorn. I'm I'm, ex- I'm I'm hopeful for Shane Thorn. Yeah, and that he's and Vink. finally going to find something to do. Yeah. Um, but is, is this going to be game changing for the tag team division? I don't think so. I don't think so either. But but it's hard to say. We got to actually talk about the top of the tag division to really be able to establish that. But, but first, line drive again, one ninety nine in, in the tip jar. Thank you very much, sir. He says, FYI, we may have an official name, Two Fly. No. Two Fly for no. Cedric and Ricochet. You know, all the ones that we brainstormed on this show, the chat was brainstormed. We had so many good ones. Two Fly? 
especially – can you imagine it like he's got it written as T-O-O fly. Imagine if it's like the number two fly and they come out wearing like early 90s like basketball gear. Yeah, Jinko jeans and starter yeah. jackets and shit mm-hmm. and headbands. They two fly. Yeah, Rick, Ricky, Ricochet two fly. Yeah, Ricochet like, like grow af- afro right. like kid and play. Be great. That's great. Oh, yeah, Vin- that'd be amazing. Vince is, Vince, is, Vince is thinking that and going, oh, that's a great idea. That's Look right. it. <laughs> we gave him ideas, Nick. What have we done? That's good shit. That's good. No. No, God. Top of the tag division. Oh, I don't want to don't dwell on it. Top of the tag division. Viking Raiders and Street Profits both cut promos. Viking Raiders no longer in their car being goofballs. They're now backstage in front of a red light with some smoke that dissipates while they're talking. And they're back to doing their rah, rah, rah. Rah, rah. We're the Viking Raiders and we're mean. We're coming for, we, you know, the thing is about history is it repeats itself. Yeah. Street Profits, you've never beaten us. So we're coming for your titles, etc. At the end of it, they go, we want the smoke. And I bet they do because their smoke disappeared during this segment. We could see all of the stuff backstage behind them, and it was kind of awkward. The Street Profits then responded. They allowed them to retort. And uh, after a little beatboxing and a a couple of jokes about Viking Raiders doing car karaoke and how they should get Spotify, the Street Profits got serious, took off the glasses, and they said, okay, you want this? You want to call us out and say that you're better than us? Fine. Let's do this next week. No joking. No silly shit. Look right in the camera and go, we'll kick your ass. Come on, bring it. As much as nice. I love a hyped-up Montez Ford promo, there was something about this one that was special. Ice in the veins. About just stone cold, right? Just looking straight at it. So here's what's interesting. Calm. We have the juxtaposition of the two teams. Last week, they were both being silly. Viking Raiders in their car, in their T-shirts and makeup with their hats on for some reason, the headgear on, in the car, eating it with a turkey leg. Right. And then the Street Profits being, woo, yeah, oh my God, whoa, bouncing around doing the Street Profits thing. Don't, don't, don't do the Dawkins, Nick. We don't need our ears blown out again, please. But now they switched. They both got serious this week. I, here's the thing, though, Nick, and tell me what you think. It works wonderfully for the Street Profits to be entertaining, silly, fun, and then get serious. It's awful for the Viking Raiders. Yeah. It makes you wonder who they are. Are you really these ass kickers or are you these goofballs we saw in the car? Yeah. Which is it? I can't take you seriously now because I saw you doing that shit in the car. You know what I mean? Like, there's nothing wrong with doing the juxtaposition between the two, but it works for some acts. It doesn't work for others. Yeah. And the Viking Raiders did, just didn't work for I, uh, what have they done with War Machine? My beloved, beloved War Machine, <laughs> what have you done? Andy Jessup with another 199s in the Super Chat said, the 80s called, they want their slang back. No, 80s slang is the best. Yeah. Oh, my weirdness and a half. <laughs> thank you very much, uh, Mr. Jessup. Thank you, Mr. Jessup. Much love. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's the tag division right now. Viking Raiders Street Profits at the top. I could see Ricochet and Cedric stepping back and wanting their their win back from Viking Raiders, but how many I mean, how many matches do those guys drop? We're getting the title match, the title match between the Prophets and the and the Raiders next week. Why do it the week before a pay per view, Nick? I don't know. What's that about? Are uh, we going to have another one on the pay per view? Like, what's 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 the thinking there? Unless they're going to, I mean, why why do the title match? Yeah, on on a go home yeah. show. And why not just do it on the pay-per-view? Even if you have to do it on the pre-show, you know? Why, why do it on Raw, flip them, potentially, and then 
have the mat rematch at Money in the Bank and flip it potentially again. Like I just, you know, I question some of my booking decisions sometimes. But everyone does. I I know. But even they, I, I just don't understand why they're doing this the week. But don't we have another stuff to do? Are we just completely out of ideas of things to do on Raw now that we have to have a title opportunity on the go-home show of a pay-per-view when you could just have it on the pay-per-view? I'm willing to give it the benefit of the doubt and say maybe they have something planned for the pay-per-view. Maybe they have too many matches on the pay-per-view. They've got something else in plan for the end of this match to build heat for the actual pay-per-view. Maybe sure. this is like a jump jumpstart feud where, hey, we're going to have a match. There's going to be a, a scuff finish. And then we'll have the real match, the pay-per-view. I'm I'm a wait and see on this because Viking Raiders versus Street Profits, I'm gonna watch that match. Yeah, no shit. That's going to be a good match. Yeah. But it's just getting there. Where are we where are we trying to get with it? What are we trying to do with it? So but I I'm I'm there. I'm 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 skeptically optimistic. As as we should be. Yeah. So just to close up raw here, Nick, where we've had a whole bunch of people show up. Lashley, Jinder. We had um Apollo go out of money in the bank. Lots of setups for things to happen. Seth it's pointed out he's got one acolyte left. Sorry, not acolyte, disciple. Acolytes happened years ago. You know what I mean? Yes. He's got one dude left. What do you where do you think everyone falls? Let's let's put it together at the end of the whole show. Call it now. Who's going where? Who's doing what? As, what do you see happening? As it stands right now, Daniel Bryan, Rey Mysterio, Alistair Black, King Corbin. Uh, we're going to have a match to determine Otis or Dolph Otis Ziggler, or Ziggler on SmackDown, yeah. and then we've got one slot left. And I, right now, uh, like last week, I remember saying I was pretty sold on Alistair Black being Mr. Money in the Bank. I'm looking at the the re-debut of Jinder Mahal this week going, ah, yeah. he's uh, going to be that sixth man, and he could potentially win it here in order to have that feud with Drew, that would be fantastic. Frankly, it could also be Andrade, because I was gonna, I was gonna say, what the heck are those guys gonna do during Money in the Bank at this point? Could I, be Andrade, Garza, Theory. I feel like could all of, of that guys. stuff with Liw and Ray and all of those guys, it's all kind of orbiting around that U.S. Championship. And if you if you strip Andrade out of that and send him off with Money in the Bank after the WWE Champion or the Universal Champion, we don't know, right? Uh, it's that it kind of tears away from that fabric of him and Zelina Vega running LIW. So I, I'm not sure I want Andrade in the match, much less winning it. So I, I think he's fine. I think just leave those guys where they're at. Uh, that's that's my take on it. I think Otis is probably going to get into the Money in the Bank. I think Jinder Mahal is going to be the sixth. And at this point, it's but for me, it's between Aleister Black and Jinder Mahal. And then I, th- I think the, the odds are majorly swinging in Jinder's favor if yep. he gets in this match. Yep. Throwing that out there. Uh, Esmeraldus, Esmeralda Esme with two bucks in the tip jar saying, the 80s was amazing. Hello, 80s movies. Duh. John Hughes, guys, I mean, come on. Eh, John Hughes. All right, Nightmare on Elm Street, Friday the 13th. I hear you. John Carpenter. John, John Carpenter. John Carpenter in the 80s. No one no one could touch Carpenter in the 80s. No. Guy was a god. Uh, and also, line drive again, four ninety nine in the tip jar. He says, if Otis isn't in for a Kool-Aid man spot, what are we what are we doing with Money in the Bank? I I love this. I love this. I want the I want this I want this to happen, Nick. They're fighting through the building. Otis is tangling with 
somebody. I don't know. It could be anybody. Otis Tangle and Ray Mysterio. It doesn't matter. Otis Tangle with Kib King Corbin. And they, they bump into it. They're into an area where there's construction. And he runs into a scaffold. And on the top of the scaffold is a big bucket of paint. And the paint tips over and covers him in red paint. And he's, oh, what's happening? And while he's blind, he runs around and smashes through a wall. And as he smashes through the wall, he finds a stairwell. He finds more wrestlers. Oh, yeah! There's your Kool-Aid moment. Yes. I love it. I'm, 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 book I, it. I'm in for it. Book it, Dano. Yes. <laughs> oh, well, there we go, guys. That's our thoughts on Monday Night Raw from this week, plus looking ahead to Money in the Bank. We've got one more week, one more go-home show of Monday Night Raw after SmackDown this Friday to really sew everything up for Money in the Bank coming on May 10th. Make sure you guys are in the Discord for the live chat for the show on that Sunday. It'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see how they do this. Now that we've seen WrestleMania for two nights with a lot of the pre-created content, are we going to have more of that? Uh, That's what Vince, Vince was even saying it on the on the call on the uh, the uh, um, the quarterly call. Yeah, financial. He was saying we're gonna we're gonna do more pre-recorded movie style content. Yeah. So here Money we go. The bank movie movie style, Boneyard match style, Money in the Bank match in Titan Towers. I'm in. Bring it. Bring it on. I'm in. Bring it on. Bring it on. Well, guys, that is it for Raw. We are going to head over and do what we like to call, or what Mr. Sean Clark dubbed for us, the moment of positivity. Mop, 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 It's the moment of positivity, the mop for the week. Nick, what was the one moment that gave you a smile that tickled you the most, that made you the happiest over this last little last few days of wrestling, Drew taking his shirt off after beating the shit out. Of oh Seth. my goodness! Oh I mean, oh my Drew heavens. beating the oh. hell out of Seth oh, Rollins. I do declare. Um, oh. Is it getting hot in here, or is it just Nick's no, temperature listen, rising? It's it's the Ooh. reason. All things considered, it's it's the thing that I said at the top of Raw. I am so over the moon happy for Drew McIntyre right now. It's something we've been mm. wanting for the last, like genuinely, guys, like the last four to five months. When he came back and they threw him underneath Ziggler right away in a heel, the Scottish psychopath. <laughs> Michael, now Michael. you're so mad. <laughs> I was just like, what? He was the, might be the best NXT doing? champion they had in you years. You were supposed to be the chosen yes. one. <laughs> um, but, and then we had to deal with that for two years through Baron Corbin and all of this other stuff. And finally, Finally, in December, we got him coming out and challenging Randy Orton, which led us to winning Royal Rumble, which letting, led us to winning the championship at WrestleMania. There is, I am so unbelievably happy with where we are with Drew McIntyre right now, and I hope we, I hope he's a champ that just carries it, carries the banner for WWE after many, many years of BS with Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns and the last few years of Cena and Punk, and I just, I want... Somebody that's a mainstay, that's an absolute six foot five god to have this thing and actually be a strong baby face that we really haven't had since Cena. I, it's funny, man. I, I think my moment of positivity might just become your man crush on Drew. Maybe. Because <laughs> it's real. I, I think mine's going to have to be just that moment where I was watching Seth work. Uh, in his heel character and just, I got totally invested. Like I am so into the levels he's putting in on this character yeah. and how much, how much he's, how much depth he's bringing to it, 
how different it is in presentation and style in and some of it's a little bit subtle, but like even the way that he grooms his beard and styles his hair, the way he carries himself, it really is a, a, a full character change. You know, some guys just are louder and more obnoxious when they're heels, uh, but they're still the, kind of the same way that they were as faces. Seth is finding a whole new character. He's finding a new Seth Rollins. Like it's, it could be a different human being. Yeah. And I love it. I'm fascinated by it. I even before WrestleMania, like the level, the the things he's found with it are just, mwah, such good performance. That's that's got to be mine. Yeah. I'm loving it. I can't wait for more from him. Yeah, Drew and Seth are absolutely killing it right now for sure. Well, thank you guys very much for tuning. Oh, but we're not done just what? yet. We've oh, got God. just enough time for our other news lightning round. Beep 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 beep. Yes, indeed. Uh, starting off with the ratings, Raw is. Oh my God, is it down? It's down to it was a. Uh, it was only at 1.84 average this week. Um, the Ooh. lowest it's ever been was 1.78 million on Christmas Eve of 2018. We're down near those numbers right now. But again, you can't really count it. It's during the pandemic. This whole thing's going on right now. You, you can't really count it. Uh, am I allowed to say that, Nick, or are we going to get demonetized? Um, better to be safe than sorry. Better safe than sorry. This whole thing that's going on right now, yeah. don't take us down, you One of those buzz phrases, the situation we're in, Jeez. what's going on in the world. You know, those, Unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. Um, the, the crazy thing was, though, there was an enormous drop-off in hour three. The, uh, the Apollo and Andrade match and the Drew McIntyre and Seth meeting was down to 1.62 million viewers. Ooh. People just, just they tuned out, uh, which, is, which is kind of a shame. Um, they're, and they dropped down to 0.51 in the 18 to 40, 49 demographic. So they are down 16% year over year for this week. You so know what again, was right before the end of that second hour, what was right at the end of the second hour? Naya beating down Shayna and Asuka. Oh, you're blaming her for making everyone yep. run away? Yeah, it's all her fault. <laughs> it happened during the hour, Nick, not the beginning of it. Good Lord. It's still her fault. Um, Another news, it was uh, noted that one of the other furloughs, we're still finding out some of them because they didn't announce all of them. We're still finding out some of the people that were laid off. Gerald Briscoe, we just mentioned him earlier in the show, but he's been in the company since 84, ever since he sold, uh, what was it? He, he, helped, he helped sell Georgia's Championship Wrestling to Vince McMahon out from underneath uh, Ole Anderson. Yeah. And ever since then, he's been a part of the company in one form or another. Um, and a brilliant wrestler in his day as well, by the way. I'm talking about a, a hard knock dude. Um, uh, Briscoe Brothers, man. But uh, he is he got furloughed. He got let go by WWE. Now, people were screaming about this. How could you release Gerald Briscoe? He clarified on Twitter. He said, look, it's a furlough. I didn't get fired. I did not. Uh, this is not forever. Hopefully, they'll be able to get me back in there after this is all over. We parted on good terms, so he did throw some water on that fire. But, man, people did freak out when they heard that Briscoe got fired. Well, sometimes uh, those can be voluntary as well. If it's somebody who's in an older position or close to retirement or has a lot of vacations socked away, things, there's a lot of extenuating circumstances that we – and that's I'm looking at Briscoe as one of those. Like He's going to retire as a member of WWE. This is yeah. temporary. But you know who might not be coming back? Cain Velasquez also got released. And that's a crazy one. They paid him. They had a contract for him for a ton of money. Yeah, he got a lot he of guaranteed back, money. What, he came out like three or four times and then went and got his knee fixed. Yeah. I, what a bizarre, what a bizarre signing Cain was. 
I mean, it makes sense. He was working in, in AAA, and so AEW had their eyes on him. So I think that was like the classic poach. Um, Dog Ziggler is really frustrated about Kane Velasquez letting get like getting let go, and I'm not. I don't blame you. It was crazy, wasn't it? Yes, I think it we all kind of wanted what? that program with with Kane coming back and confronting Brock. I th- I thought there was going to be something there, not around a title, not around a championship. But yeah. I, there was that moment that we all – I was hoping we were going to get with Kane confronting Brock and them actually having a real program, not just some bullshit that happened overseas in Saudi. So I, <laughs> I, I'm i disappointed, but I, but I understand. Like there was nothing for him to do anyway. At this point, I, I, one wonders if his huge contract was kind of hanging around WWE's neck and they released him in order to take that off of their books and they'll bring him back later. Um, that way it looks good at the end of the first quarter. I, that's that's my suspicion. I have absolutely no proof of that. That is just complete speculation, but take it for what it's worth. Uh, WWE also announced the Australia and New Zealand tour will be postponed. They were supposed to be in Melbourne on August 6th, Sydney the 7th, and Auckland, New Zealand on the 8th. By the way, that's a hell of a... That's like going from California to New York to go from Sydney to, to Auckland to work a show. So you're basically doing... You're, you're waking up in the morning going from New York to California working a show. That's that's nasty. But it did get postponed. At this point, we do not know the new dates, but for all of our listeners over on that side of the pond, that sucks. I'm sorry to hear that because I know it's, it's special when they do come over there and do do those shows, and they put on some damn good shows when they do. Those dates um, are also very telling that it's in August. And it's yeah, they don't think they'll be a- back up and running by April that. right now, guys. So what I've been mm-hmm. saying is like July, Almost August, back. before we get out of this, it may be even longer. So... Hang in. Yeah. Hang tight. Well, they're not taking any chances is what it is, and that's, that yeah. would be an expensive tour for them. So they're they're basically just they're playing it safe yeah. is what it sounds like. Uh, they're also playing it safe by canceling WWE 2K21 and replacing it with a game called Battlegrounds. Looks very cartoony. Looks a little bit like uh, like NBA Playgrounds or like their old the old game they used to do WWE All Stars, where it's just like big old heads and you know like lots of special moves, kind of like a, a, a more of a fighting game. You you glow, He's you got special on moves. Fire! And, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, would this be anything like the? I don't. Is it because they listened and we were talking about the RPG open world version of WWE last they week? They haven't. They haven't gone full RPG, Nick. So I've, we've got no confirmation here. But okay. they did do a cartoony fighter, which we do, which we did mention. Them doing like everything, people have like special moves and stuff. That's not just the more real, realistic, quote unquote, wrestling matches. This is like just crazy big, you know, high spots. Yeah. They in the, in the press release I saw, they were talking about having it be pick up and play, so you can just get in and mash, you know, mash buttons and and do stuff. But that they also wanted to have some depth. So I suspect it's going to be, if they're smart, they'll do a little bit like uh, like the new DBZ fighter game, which is just very car- cartoony and fun, but you can also get competitive with it. So right. fingers crossed. It, se- it sounds like it's kind of rushed. It's, it is by the guys who did um, uh, NBA 2K Playgrounds, but um, hopefully hopefully they pull it off. Yeah, hopefully. hopefully they pull it off. Uh, Rick Steiner, dogface gremlin, his son, <laughs> Bronson Rick Steiner, is going to the Baltimore Ravens. That is an amazing name, by the way. That's a, yeah. Bronson Rex Bronson Rex He's a fullback with Kennesaw State out of Georgia. Uh, he was one of 20 undrafted rookies that is going to the Ravens over the next couple of weeks. And uh, he, has, he has said he's interested in pro wrestling, but he wants to try out football first. I mean, he's going to the Ravens. You can already hear Michael Cole calling out that he was once a Baltimore Raven when he comes out later on in his career. Uh, 
So yeah, he was a but he was he's a strong dude. He hit 35 bench press reps at the college's pro day, which was, which would have been if it, if it had been the NFL Combine, which it wasn't. But if it had been at the Combine, he'd have been third best in the Combine. Yeah. So strong dude, strong, strong, strong dude going to the Ravens. Let's mm. see if they pick him up. Let's see if he stays there long enough to have a season. If we even have a season. <laughs> to be determined at this point, I guess, right? TBD. Kalisto has said that he is not fired. The reason he's not on TV is because he's injured. He's really? actually got a shoulder. He's got a shoulder injury that he didn't feel he needed surgery for. He didn't want to take the time to be out for that long with the shoulder surgery, but it means that he's off TV for a little while. So he's got to heal up the shoulder on his own. So he can't just go right back and work with it, but he also doesn't want to be out so long because of the surgery. But that's why you're not seeing Kalisto coming out with Lucha House Party over on SmackDown. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit of a dry one, but we got to touch on it. WWE is facing even more class action lawsuits over their 2019 financial dealings with Saudi Arabia with that whole hostage situation and with some of the weird stuff that Vince was doing before and afterwards. Uh, Just really to kind of quickly sum it up. Basically, Vince sold off in a single stock sale on March 27, 2019, about 3.2 million WWE shares for about 261 million in proceeds, uh, and that was a few days before the 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 first quarter ended, which everyone knew they were they were receiving poor financial performance. So, th- and also they were having some issues with Saudi Arabia; they hadn't been paid by Saudi Arabia yet. So he had some shareholders actually sue him now in a class action lawsuit, saying that that's some scurrilous dealings. But they also have added another one um, was, was that uh, they're suing him over the issues that happened with the wrestlers being stuck on the plane and the fact that they, uh, they were not happy with how he dealt with the Saudi government at the time, basically holding up the show, holding it hostage until he got paid the money by the Saudis. Um, they feel like that deal is no longer viable for the company. So long story short, Vince getting sued by a lot of people right now. So it'll be interesting to see how that pans out. When your own shareholders are suing you, that's a that's a scary look. Yeah, and he's still dealing with uh, uh, Mr. Luck's dad. He's getting yeah, he's getting sued. (laughs) Yes, Uh, he's got it coming at him from all sides. Yeah, but he always had some lawsuits coming at him. But uh, it'll be curious to see how long it takes before these are resolved and what the fallout is. there's also, speaking of Fallout, there was, I'm not sure if you saw it, Nick, there was a, a GIF, or actually it was like a, a video, a short video, of a match Vader had back in the day where Vader is basically beating the absolute crap out of this, out of this uh, enhancement guy, uh, Tim McNeeny. Just, just absolutely wrecking him in the corner. And Joey Ryan uh, saw that and said, well, essentially said that he didn't think that it was appropriate. He was frustrated that... Uh, Let's see if I have the actual quote here from Joey Ryan. Uh, Joey said, give me Kenny Omega making his enhancement talent look credible and a threat over Vader taking liberties on a guy just trying to get a job. Thankful that the bully culture in wrestling has declined and that we're evolving past it. Uh, Obviously, this became very controversial very quickly because A, Joey Ryan and B, the current burly culture and, and the Kenny Omega match that everyone was freaking out about last week that somehow became a big deal, Nick. Did you see this video of, Va- of Vader beating up the guy? I did not. I did see the one of Kenny Omega beating up a doll, though. <laughs> that's that's, that's making its rounds match. again. You know, that's that's, a classic match. It, it never, ever gets old seeing Kenny do his own Canadian destroyers with the doll. 
Like just I, him, I bust out laughing every single him time. Him and Coda, him and Coda doing the the blow up doll matches are absolute. Their performance art, uh, but yeah, so he got a lot of heat from this. Obviously, Jim Cornette said that Joey Ryan has no place talking about old school working. Right. Uh, of course, I, he I know. Did. I quote, <laughs> I quote, I quote our boy Josh Barnett a lot, but he had actually the great, a, a really great response to this. He said, "Vader isn't legit smashing this guy for real." As a shooter and a, and a worker, I can tell you straight up that if Vader was trying to legitimately hurt this dude, he could have and would have. This is called snug work and good selling. Not just dropping off the bat makes you believe it. It's basically the guy, basically putting over the uh, the enhancement guy. Um, and uh, you know, people came after Joey for this, but and, and Josh did defend Joey, saying that he's not a phony. I get his shtick. I've seen him work some well-done comedy stuff from seeing him live. He can really wrestle seriously if he wants to, and he even wants to wrestle Joey at some point. Um, but he's not sure why he took such a hard take on this particular issue. Um, the jobber himself, Tim McNeeny, actually came out on Twitter and said, for the record, this is my second time working with Vader back then, and believe it or not, he never hurt me. In this case, I didn't go down because going down too early would hurt, could hurt worse later. I've worked with much stiffer guys than Vader, he was cool. So for everyone out there in internet land, jumping on Joey Ryan, Joey saw what he saw. He's a very good worker, and he's just speaking out about against bully culture. And those of you coming after Vader, even a dude Vader was supposedly beaten up was like, yeah, that's how it works. So Let me tell you something about everyone Vader. Everyone just calm down. That dude got in a cage and had a shoot fight with Ken Shamrock. Yeah. Vader can do and say whatever the hell he wants. I'm surprised he survived that. And but looked like a legit threat. You <laughs> looked like a legit threat to Cam Shamrock. It, snug, right? Yeah, snug. That's why every hey, any time that that someone questions my Minoru Suzuki love, I always tell him he beat Shamrock. Yeah. Legit, back in the day, Shamrock. Okay, you. Oh, uh, real quick, Marshall in the chat. Yes, two bucks. Thank you, sir. He says, "Have a shot on me." On you, I have, I have my body shot days are long. Yeah. Oh, he means on. Uh, I got hey you. Hey now, it ain't hey that now. kind of show. <laughs> uh, I thank you, Marshall. There will be a shot happening as soon as we go off the air in a couple of seconds. Here, uh, finally, the very last thing I got to say: Did you see Being the Elite two thousand one? I have not yet. Two hundred one. Two hundred one. Yeah. What I say? Two two thousand one. 2001. A wrestling odyssey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What is, is Ric Flair coming in? Exactly. Uh, in the At the end of the show, I'm going to spoil it for y'all. If you don't want to hear the spoilers, click off now. But at the end of Being the Elite 201, in the sky we see written FTR. Oof. It's happening, baby. Oh, it's happening. It's happening. It's I'm long not saying, I'm overdue. Uh, they could be working us, bastards that they are, but I don't think that they are. Yeah, I think it's happening. I was about to say the revival, but I didn't mean to say the revival. It's now what is it now? The revenge? The what do they call themselves? The revolt. The revolt. The revolt to AEW. You heard it here first. <laughs> well, you heard it here probably like eighteen hundred. But they're, you they're, get the they're idea. They're selling merch already. It's like it's oh, it's already dude. happened. <laughs> they're selling merch with the goofy costumes that Vince supposedly wanted them to wear on it. That's yes. amazing. That's genius. Good for oh. you guys. Get get turn into the heat. Oh. Turn the ship into the heat. Yes. And that is the that is the news, Nick. Well, thank you very much, Sir Ian Dangerous. And thank you guys very much, especially those of you watching here on YouTube for all of your super jets. Line Drive, Marshall, Esme, uh, Andy, and Drew. 
Uh, all of you guys, thank you so much for all of your support of the show and everything. And if you're watching on YouTube right now, I did flip over to a new prototype of a screen that we've been putting together over the last week or so. Uh, and I hope you guys like it. It's got some new interactive type of widgets and widgetry, wizardry, <laughs> widgetry uh, kind of stuff going on there. But Widget still... wizardry. Say yes. that five times Sorcery. Sorcery. <laughs> it's got some sorcery built into it. So the more you guys interact with the show, the more things get triggered, the more things fill up some of the space. But we've still got some more work to do on it. I just wanted to give you guys a little bit of a teaser. Let me know what you guys think. Uh, if you have any feedback, shoot it my way. But this is sort of a new uh, layout and direction in a more interactive fashion that we wanted to, um, that I specifically wanted to show you guys here at the end of the show. Tech, tech, tech surgery, tech wizardry, tech, tech sorcery. Yes. All of that. Evan. All right. All, all right. of that. <laughs> oh, but you're come a, over. You're a wizard, Harry. Yes, I am indeed. You come over and join us on Facebook. Uh, just search for Busted Wide Open. Like our page and send us a join request to get into the group with the rest of the phenomenal ones. BWOPodcast.com to find all of our links. If you're watching here on YouTube at youtube.com slash busted wide open, you can find all these links down in the description below. Follow us on YouTube and Instagram at BWOPodcast. Make sure you're subscribed here on the YouTube channel. And if you want to get access to some special exclusives, patreon.com slash BWO. But my name is Nick Howell. You can find me on Twitter at Data Center Dude. And I am Sir Ian Dangerous. You can find me on Twitter at Sir Ian Dangerous. But by God, would somebody stop the damn match? This show is part of the Orbital Jigsaw Network. For more episodes, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher Radio. For details and show notes from each episode, check us out, orbitaljigsaw.com.